I want to let you guys know that, um, first off, if you have your cell phones, as always, I recommend you go to genoastudents.org and go to the sermon notes. It's the second thing down. And if you go to the sermon notes, you will see uh, all of our notes for tonight. You can hit save. You can go back to them later. You can type in your notes, and everything's great. So I would really encourage that. And, and uh, we need to do this. Gentlemen in the back that are giving Nick Dodson a hard time, stop, Okay. We'll move you if we need to. No using the bathrooms during the message tonight. You're big boys. You can hold it until, you, until the end, okay? Cool? So let's, what? You're right, Andre. <laughs> I, guys, I, I love Andre. I really do love Andre. So, all right, let's get started. Now, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that you guys realize that, um, well, let me say it this way. One of my main goals in Genoa students, and, and I'm going to th- throw in all of our leaders here. This is all of our goal is to hopefully create a place for you here that you guys feel comfortable enough asking questions that you might have about life, about whatever it is. I think, uh, I think in the past, a lot of churches have discouraged uh, tough questions. And if you have a tough question, a lot of times, like for instance, if, if let's say you're struggling with believing in God, right? I'd say that's a tough thing to struggle with. And a lot of churches, if you go up to your pastor and you say, hey, I'm struggling believing that there's a God, they would say, you heretical sinner, and then they'll try to bring you up in front of the church and, you know, excommunicate you. Well, um, this is not that place. We want to be a ministry here for you guys that whenever you're struggling, whenever you have a tough question to ask, you can feel free coming to us and, and bringing that question. It can be about anything. It could be about relationship advice. It could be about, um, you, know, uh, you know, you're struggling with depression. We're here for you, you know. So don't ever, I, like I said, this is, you know, I, I think it's funny that we're in pajamas because I'm pretty comfortable right here. And, I, you know, I see everybody in their pajamas are pretty comfortable. And we want this to be a comfortable place, all right? doesn't mean you wear your pajamas every week, but, but feel free to come and talk to us. What? Yes, quick question. You can wear your pajamas every week if you want to. Yes, all right. <laughs> Logan's like, score. Now, here's the thing. If you guys come up to us and you ask us a question, um, here's my guarantee for you is that we will give you the answer um, from the Christian worldview perspective, okay? Now, if you don't know what a worldview is, it's very simple. It's how you view the world. You see what I did there? I just flipped the words, okay? It's how you view the world. And everybody, believe it or not, views the world in some way. I'm a Christian, okay? Hopefully you know that by now if you've ever been here, okay? Your leaders, yeah, I'm not Jewish. No, I'm a Christian. I'm one step past Jewish, okay? I believe in the Old Testament, but I also believe in Jesus, right? But, um, but, all, but, but many different people view the world differently. For instance, I want you to ask yourself that question is how do you view the world? Do you view it through a Christian lens or do you view it through the lens of something else? One that I hear often is people will view the world through the lens of happiness, right? Well, they'll go, well, I do this or I don't do that because it makes me happy or it doesn't make me happy. And happiness becomes like the pinnacle of what it's all about for them. And that's not what we're about here. I mean, obviously, I want you guys to be happy, but I want you to find your joy another way. I've met, I've met mothers who um, their happiness, right, is, is their children, right? And they're just like, ooh, I, everything I do in life is through the lens of is it best for my kids or is it not best for my kids? And I'm like, man, you know? So <laughs> Rhea's like, don't do that, all right? So, so, so we're, we, we have a Christian worldview. We have a Christian perspective. Every question that you ask us, we're going to give you an answer from what Scripture says. If anybody else gives you advice that's not from Scripture, you know, I, I'm not going to say don't trust them, but I want you to, especially life decisions and stuff, seek out a person who will give you godly advice from a Christian perspective. 
Now, with that being said, we're starting a new series. Go ahead and hit that graphic for me if you don't mind, Mr. Leewald. This is our new series called You Asked It, okay? And you'll see our logos up there. But the subtext is let's talk about your questions. Now, a couple of months ago, I think about two months ago, in your small group time, we gave all of you guys little index cards, and we said, fill out the index cards, okay? Fill them out with a question that you might have. It can be about God. It can be about the Bible. It can be about friendship. It can be about dating. Um, it could be about evolution, abortion, homosexuality, whatever it is, right? Whatever a hot topic that you have a question about, we said, write it down, and then um, we, we saved them up for this series. You asked it. Now, what we did was we were looking through it. I had a couple of the guys help me pick some of the questions. And over the next couple of weeks, we're going to answer some of the questions that a couple of you asked. Now, obviously, I can't do everybody's questions because there was a ton of them. But any questions that appeared to be duplicated, we tried to, to answer those. And so I was looking through these uh, questions, and it hit me that there was one question there that I thought would be a great first one to start. And here's the question. It was, why do you believe what you believe? Why do you believe what you believe? Now, I don't know if anybody here wrote that question down. If, if you did, that's awesome. Was it you? Oh, great. Kaylin, you're awesome. All right. I thought it was a great question, and I'll tell you why. Because this whole series, all these questions that you've asked, we're going to be doing through a Christian worldview. We're going to do through a Christian perspective. And so I thought, you know, well, I thought it'd be great to use Kaylin's question here and start with, hey, this is why I believe what I believe, and this is why I've dedicated my life to telling you guys about this. Like, this is my career, right? I get to do this every week, and I'm super pumped about it. But there's a reason I do it. It's because I believe in something, okay, specifically a person. I believe in Jesus Christ, that he died for us on a cross. Now, what you'll find is that, um, that people may ask you this question, and, it's, and it's, I really want to encourage you guys, if you claim to be a Christian, you need to have an answer to this question. Why do you believe what you believe? So think about this to yourself right now. If I asked you right now, why do you believe what you believe? And maybe some of you in this room aren't even a Christian yet, okay? If you are, if you're not, I'm glad you're here. It's really cool to see you. But if you're not a Christian, even you believe something, okay? And so you should know why you believe what you believe. But if you are a Christian, I'm going to give you 10 seconds. Think about this. If, if somebody said, you know, why do you believe in Jesus Christ? Can you sum it up in one sentence? Think about it. What would you say? This will give me a chance to get a sip of water. Ah, refreshing. All right? So obviously it was a rhetorical question. You don't have to answer it. But, but for me personally, um, remember I told you a couple weeks ago, a lady that I worked with at the video rental store asked me this question, and it made me extremely nervous. I was like, oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. She's like, just tell me after work. We'll be fine. And I was like, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? It's G uh, okay. Now, I imagine a lot of you guys in here love Jesus. You've given your life to Jesus. That's awesome. But if somebody asks you that question, why do you believe what you believe? It'd probably be a little tough to answer. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give you the answer in just a minute. Go ahead and hit 1 Peter 3. This is our text for the night, okay? And this is, this is a passage. Is that 1 Peter 3? Yeah, perfect, okay? Follow along with me um, because this verse tells us a lot. Here it is. Who then will harm you if you're devoted to what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear or, or be intimidated. But in your hearts, regard Christ as the Lord is holy ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that when you are accused, those who disparage your good conduct in Christ will be put to shame. For it's better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. Now this is a popular verse, especially verse 15, where it says, in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, and be ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason 
of the hope that you believe. Okay? What this is saying is if you're a Christian, obviously there's a hope inside of you. This hope is Jesus Christ. This hope that someday you'll, you'll go and be with Jesus or God forever in heaven is a great hope. Okay? But if somebody came up to you and said, why do you believe that? This passage is saying you should be ready to give an answer. You should be. Now, the, the, reason, the answers that I'm going to give you today are not, they're not as scientific as they are philosophical, okay? Now, if you think philosophically, like, scientifically, is more, it's more about the how, right? How did this happen? How does that happen? How, that's all science is, is. Science is the observation of how God created things to be, right? How did this happen? How did that happen? Today, we're going to talk more about the, the what and the why, okay? The what and the why. Why did this happen? How did this happen, okay? Or, I'm sorry, uh, what you know what? I can't skip my point. Let me, let me pray real quick, and then we'll dive in, okay? Everybody bow your heads. Let me pray, and then we'll start, all right? Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for everybody that's here. Give me the words to say, God, and just be with me, Lord, as we, as we dive into this uh, subject of defending what we believe, or, or really not even defending, but just telling people what we believe. And my hope, God, is that we can leave here tonight, and that when we walk out of this building, that we will have a... Um, a desire to want to share this news with people, that we will be ready whenever this question arises for us, and that we will be willing to give you all the glory and the credit for what you've done in our lives. We love you, God, and we thank you. We praise in your name. Amen. All right. So let's go ahead and hit our first point. Okay, so here's, this is the first reason why I believe what I believe. Okay, go ahead and hit that slide. Ready? Christianity gives meaning and it gives purpose. Now, the reason when I said um, we're going to talk less scientifically and more philosophically is because a scientist looks at things, and like a, he'll look at um, how light hits a plant and how it grows, and he just goes, okay, this is how it, it grew. It's because the light hit, the water, the soil, all of this stuff. We're going to talk about the what and the why. And here's the question that I want to ask you first, ready, is, and hopefully some of you guys have ever asked this question to yourself, is what is the meaning of life? Anybody ever asked themselves that question? What is the meaning of life? Why am I here? You ever heard of Socrates? You ever heard of like Aristotle? You've ever heard of Plato? Like all of these guys, this is what they did as philosophers is they said, why are we here? And they just talked about it and they, they had to try to figure this out, right? And, and I'll tell you, if, if I'm being honest with you, um, a person who is an atheist who says that there is no God cannot answer this question in a very nice way, okay? If you're an atheist and you believe that there's no God and you say, why am I here? You're here because of a freak accident that happened. The Big Bang Theory, it blew up, and just by coincidence, it created all of us, and boom, we're good to go. Which means when you die, you die. When you, uh, you know, whatever you do when you're alive really doesn't matter if, if when you die, you're dead, right? And then there's nothing else after it. And so the, the first reason that I believe what I believe is because I wholeheartedly believe that Christianity gives us meaning and it gives us purpose. Um. If you've never asked yourself this question, if you've never asked yourself, like, what is the meaning of life? Why am I here? Then uh, I encourage you, sit down and think about it, man. It's, I, I've, I've struggled with this before when I was still kind of growing in my faith and stuff, and I'd ask myself this question. I was like, what am I supposed to do in life? What, you know, why am I here? Like, what is this all about? And then finally, I dove into my faith a little bit, and, and, and I feel a lot better about it. But the problem is I think that a lot of us, we're, we're extremely busy and it, and it kind of prevents us from asking these tough questions. I remember the other day I was at my house. I'd just gotten back from college for a weekend, and I was pretty tired, you know. And all of my, uh, all of my, my kids and my wife, they left the house for a couple minutes. 
And I remember sitting at my table, and I was like, okay, what am I going to do? Am I going to do some homework? Am I going to do, maybe I'll get my phone out and check uh, the Ben Shapiro show. I need to check up on him. I need to listen to uh, podcasts, you know, whatever it was. And so I'm like, like, what do I do? And then it just hit me where I said, you know what? I'm going to sit here, and I'm going to sit quietly, and I'm just going to breathe. I'm going to let my mind work, right? And so I remember I sat at the end of my table. I have this big table that my dad gave me because he moved. And he says, hey, do you want this big table? And I said, sure. This is the table that I grew up at, okay? And so I'm sitting at this table that's now in my house, and there's six chairs. There's where I'm at at the, the, the bottom of the table and then the two on the side. And I'm sitting there, and I look around, and I just go, wow. I said, me and my wife have filled up this whole table based on how many kids we have, right? We have four kids. And I said, wow, all six of these chairs are full by my family now. I said, I never would have thought that when I was a teenager sitting at this table, that one day I would fill up this whole table, which is pretty cool, right? And then I just remember looking around at my house, and I go, man, God has really blessed me with this house. I've got, uh, yeah, it has mice every now and then. Yeah, my shower leaks through my, uh, my kitchen and lands on the floor and makes us slip every time we walk in the kitchen. But, man, it's, it's a really cool house, you know? And I was extreme, I just felt extremely grateful. And I remember saying to myself, I was like, man, you know, sometimes I just need to sit quietly and not focus on anything and just thank God. And that's what I did. I'd encourage you guys, try that sometime. Just leave the phone aside. Don't worry about anything. Just think about how God has blessed you. All that to say, I think the devil has a really good trick of, of getting us so busy that we forget about these things. And then we forget that to a- ask these tough questions in our lives. Like, like, why am I here? Like, what's the purpose and what's the meaning of life? Now, a lot of people think that the meaning of life is to acquire a job. They think it's to, to marry the hottest chick or the, the studliest dude, all right? They think maybe it's to make all the money in the world, okay? Now, I've met people who they, 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 their whole life is about getting the job. What happens when you get the job and then you retire? You're just like, man, does that mean your whole meaning in life is, is over now? I mean, I don't know. What happens when you finally marry the hottest chick in the world, in your opinion, and you go, all right, I married her? What next? You know, uh, do I have any meaning in life now? What happens when you finally make all this money, right? The thing is, people who only live life to make money, they never make enough, right? They, they, it's always more, and it's always more, and it's always more. But at some point, people who even, even rich people, it's funny how in Hollywood, some of the most depressed, pe- some of the most depressed people are the richest people in Hollywood, right? It doesn't make any sense. They got it all, right? It's because people find their meaning in things that are not God. People find their meaning in things that are created. And the Bible tells us to find our meaning, our value, our purpose in things that were not created. And there's only one thing that was not created. Do you know who that was? It was God. Yeah, exactly right, Blenis. <laughs> Just point it out, right? It was God. What's cool about it is when you read in Genesis 1, I'm sure we've all, we, I, we've done it in here before. We've talked about Genesis 1. And in Genesis 1, um, we see what God places the most value in. All right? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It said that he made the plants, he made the trees, he made the water, he made the, the birds, he made the fish, he made the animals, all of these different things. And then what was the very last thing that he created? Somebody remind me what it was. What was it? It was man, mankind, right? He made man and woman. And not only did he make man and woman, if he had just created them and stopped there, then we would have been exactly like everything else. But there was one thing that was different about man and woman. Does anybody remember what God said when he made man and woman? Andy, what was it? Okay, yes. I I blame myself. I shouldn't have called on you. I blame myself. All right. (laughs) I should not have assumed that you could give a a good answer. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, Who else? Manny, what is it? Do you know? No, I'm going to call on Manny. I got faith in Manny. All right. 
What was different about man and woman than every other part of his creation? Shh. What do you say? Yeah, Manny. Oh, man. Yeah, give Manny a big round of applause. Andy, why can't you be more like your friend Manny? <laughs> All right. So listen, there's one big difference here, right? We are made in the image of God. Now, a lot of people think this is like, uh, you know, we look like God. Maybe we do. But here, here's what the image, this is what it means when we're made in the image of God. It means that we have a lot of the same attributes of God. So we can reason like God. We, we are moral creatures like God, meaning we get to choose between right and wrong. Does a, do- does a dog choose between right and wrong? No, animals don't, right? They're just dumb animals who you train to do whatever. This is why it's okay to eat them, okay? I'm not a vegan, obviously. But, but animals, this is what makes us better than animals is because we have, the, we have a moral compass. We can use reason. We can do this stuff. And this is why God, when God made us, this is what elevates us more or higher than anything else he ever created. Now, guys, if that doesn't give us meaning, I don't know what does. Right from the very beginning of the Bible, we see how much we mean to God because God says, you know what? This stuff is really awesome. The mountains are sweet. The trees are awesome. I mean, those giraffes, those are pretty cool. But wait till you see this. And then he made man and woman, and then there here we are. We are his greatest creation. This is why whenever I talk to people who are depressed and stuff, and a lot of people tend to look down on themselves and they think bad about themselves, and I go, don't don't feel that way. Like, God doesn't look at you that way. To God, you are a precious, precious creature. In fact, this is why I'm extremely pro-life, okay? Because when a baby is formed inside of a mother's womb, this is a life, and it, it is just as much alive as we are. And God values that, that precious, precious baby as much as he does anybody walking out here. In fact, I read this article the other day. This is going to blow your mind. And I don't know if I've read this before, but... Um, With the rise of prenatal screening tests across Europe and the United States, the number of babies born with Down syndrome has significantly decreased, but few countries have come as close to eradicating Down syndrome birth, uh, uh, I'm sorry, few countries have come as close to eradicating Down syndrome birth as Iceland. Now, prenatal screenings are just these, uh, these screenings that they can do before the baby's born, and they can learn a lot about the baby. They can tell you if it's got Down syndrome or other things, right? Listen to this. They're saying... I read this article when it came out. Iceland was like, we've eradicated Down syndrome. And I was like, wow, they cured Down syndrome. How do they do this? This is amazing. Listen to, what this, listen to what they say. Since prenatal screening tests were introduced into Iceland in the early 2000s, the vast majority of women, close to 100% of women in Iceland, who received a positive test for Down syndrome terminated their pregnancy. Let me put that into layman terms for you, okay? They didn't eradicate Down syndrome. They aborted all the babies that had Down syndrome. That's terrible, isn't it? I mean, think about it. They didn't cure anything. They didn't cure Down syndrome. They just killed them all. And so, so when I, when I, when I, this really bothers me because in my mind, I, I feel like what Scripture says, it says that God, it says that I knew you in your mother's womb. Like, he knew, he knew us. And these poor little Down syndrome children are being aborted left and right. There's actually a great article that if you go to, uh, or not an article, it's a video. If you go on YouTube, there's a Down syndrome guy who goes before Congress. And he says, he says, you know, I'm valuable too. And he's telling Congress. Have you seen it, Rebecca? Yeah, I've seen it. It's, it's really touching, okay? But this guy's like, I'm valuable too. Yeah, my life looks differently than yours. Yeah, I've got struggles that you might not have. But I'm valuable and so, guys, I want to encourage you, you know, um, look at everybody as if they are valued by God. 
This is a problem that we have where we tend to look down on people and we think that we're better than them. And God does not like that, okay? God does not like that at all. He looks at each one of us, even Andy, the exact same way, okay? He loves all of us. <laughs> Andy just waved. Very nice. All right. But, uh, but he loves all of us equally, okay? So um, let me read you a verse. This is John 10.10. 10. Go ahead and put that up on the screen if you don't mind. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that you may have life and you may have it abundantly. Now, the reason I bring this up, this is more, I told you, I talked about the meaning of life, right? The meaning, we have meaning because God created us in his image. That right there gives us all the meaning. Now, let's talk about purpose, okay? Remember, our first point was Christianity gives us meaning and purpose. Meaning, let's talk about purpose, is that um, that verse that I just read there says that, that God, or Jesus came so that we may have life and have it in abundance, that we'd have it abundantly. Now, this sounds like we should have a great, happy life, right? And the cool thing is, is that... Um, the only way to have an abundant life is when we live the way that God intended for us to live. Now, if you go back to Genesis chapter 3, somebody remind me what happened in Genesis chapter 3. Does anybody remember? Some, can, uh, I don't know if that was 3. That might have been 4. Before that, before that. What was it? Yeah, the fall, right? Exactly. Great job. It was the fall of man, which means, it, just in real simple terms, is that God made Adam and Eve, put them in the Garden of Eden, and he said, don't do this one thing. They broke that rule. They did the one thing. Breaking a rule, breaking one of God's rules is called sin, okay? And because they did this, sin entered into the world. Now, everything was created perfectly. I mean, things were going great. Everything was perfect exactly like it was supposed to be, abundant life. But the moment sin came in, they perverted this perfect life that God had created for them. They messed it up, right? And so God kicked them out of the Garden of Eden. And ever since then, that sin has been passed down to every single one of us. Everybody in this room sinned. I talk about this often, right? Everybody in this room has sinned. And because of that sin, we are not able to live this perfect, abundant life that God has uh, initially created for us. I want to tell you real quick, um, I, I don't know if I've given my testimony in here before, but uh, the testimony simply is where, how you came to know Christ, right? And so I, I grew up, um, like a lot of you guys, where I grew up going to church at a young age. My parents were really good Christians, uh, who made me go to church. My dad was a deacon, so every time the doors were open, we were in the, in the church. We would go to church Wednesday night, Sunday morning, and Sunday night, all right? It was a lot of church. This was in the South, though. This is normal down there. And so, um, so I remember I, I was, a, by all accounts, I was a pretty good kid. I've never done drugs. I've never drank. I've never, uh, well, I've drank before, but it was like just a sip, but I've never gotten drunk. I've never, uh, you know, I was a pretty good kid for most of the time, right? And the thing is, though, when, when I, even though I thought I was pretty good, I kind of used that as my, uh, as my, I saw that as my Christianity, where I was like, ooh, I'm a, I'm a really good kid, right? I'm a super Christian. And then it hit me pretty, pretty later on when I was like 14 or 15, where I was like, man, that's not what it's about, right? It's not about just being good. It's about giving your life to Jesus. And I remember that, uh, anybody ever heard of POD, the band before? POD, Payable on Death, yeah? Okay, sweet. So all the adults, and Blennis, great. Um, so, so POD was my favorite band growing up. This is a band called uh, Payable on Death, or POD. Have you heard them before? They, they sing that song, Youth of the Nation. Which one are we are, we are. No? Okay, all right. Anyways, it's a great song. YouTube, it's great. But the cool thing that attracted me to POD was that they were completely tattooed all over their arms. And my friend was like, dude, check out this Christian band. They got tattoos. 
And I was like, what, can Christians do that? And I like looked at them, and then I listened to their music, and I fell in love with them, and they were awesome. They're from Southern California, really cool guys, right? And they were a mix between rap and rock, rock so it was like kind of like Limp Biscuit. I don't know if you guys remember them, but it was very similar, you know? And so I got to go to a POD concert, so me and my buddy and my, uh, we had, uh, me and two of my friends went to this POD concert, and when we were there, one thing that's really cool about POD is that they tour with non-Christian bands, and they do this on purpose. They said, we, we're trying to reach an audience, you know, we're not trying to reach Christian kids, we're, we're cool if they listen to our music, but, but our goal is to reach non-Christian people. And so we go to this concert, and they're with this group called Head P.E., which is kind of a weird name, but that was their name, and so they're up there, they opened for POD, so... We're kind of in the crowd, and we're listening to him, and he's just up there just dropping bombs, right, <laughs> just cursing and cursing. And me and my friend were like, ah, I don't really want to hear this. So I was like, let's, let's just go stand in the back. So we go, we stand in the back, and as we're back there, uh, we sit up against the wall on the floor. We're just leaning up against the wall, and this, this real rough-looking dude comes and sits right next to me, and I'm just kind of like, like, I'm about to get robbed. And then he just kind of looks over at me, and he goes, you here to see POD? And I said, yeah, yeah. And he goes, me too. I can't, I, can't, I can't listen to this garbage. I was like, oh, all right, a wholesome man, right? I was like, you're a Christian? He goes, yeah. And then he looked at me and he goes, um, he goes do, you, do, you mind, do you want to pray with me? And I said, yeah, that's fine. We'll pray. So me, my two buddies, and, uh, and him, we got into a circle of four and we just started praying, right? I was like, why not, right? So now mind you, I'm not a very strong Christian at this point, just, just decent, you know? So we're praying though. And as I'm praying, I'm, I'm praying to God and I'm like, you know, God, uh, do something amazing in this concert, you know? Like, I don't, get, let this band be saved. Let POD speak to these people. Like, whatever it is, your will do it, you know? And I opened my eyes, and when I opened my eyes next, my circle of four had grown to about 20, okay? And I didn't even notice it. And I'm just looking around. I was like, where did all these people come from? And not only did I notice it, but the lead singer from Head PE noticed it. And he looked and he goes, what the bleep is going on back there? And we were just like, we we're like, oh. And my, the guy beside me was like, we're praying for you, man. Praying for you. And the guy goes, I don't want your effing prayer. And he, like, flipped us off. And, and so we were just sitting there, and we're like, all right, um, this is cool. And then, and then he goes, he goes, we love you, man. And I was like, I need to get away from this guy. He's going to get me killed, right? But he goes, we love you, man. And the guy from Head PE, he goes, everybody turn around and give them the bird. So the whole crowd, it wasn't a huge crowd, but it was a big enough crowd, they all just flip us off. And we're just standing there, and we're just like, oh, dear Lord, just be with them. You know, we're praying. <laughs> And we're praying. And then POD came out and everything was fine. But, but what was funny is I left that concert and I said to him, I, it was the first persecution I'd ever faced as a Christian. Now, now hear me. I'm not saying that me, Stephen, and Paul are in the same boat here, okay? They got, they got killed by rocks. But I'm saying me personally, it was the first persecution, the first anti-words that I'd ever gotten about being a Christian. And it was the weirdest thing. Like I, I, I said to myself, I was like, should I be scared right now? But I was like, I'm kind of emboldened right now. I was like, I really want to do more for God. And then I came home, and that was the night that I really made it real in my faith. And I made it real. And, and to me, this was the purpose that I had, is I said to myself, you know, it's not about, it's not just about being happy. It's not just about doing the right thing. Like, here's my purpose in life, is to try to put myself in situations like this, you know? It's to share the gospels, to tell people about it. Guys, I, the fir, that, first, that first reason there, we have meaning because of God and Jesus. We also have a purpose, all right? If you believe that everything was created by chance and that you think everything was created just by a mere accident, there's no purpose and meaning in life. You're just a freak accident. But I don't believe that for one bit. I look around and I see awesome people that were created in the image of a God who loves you. 
So guys, number one, the reason, the number one reason that I believe what I believe is because I believe that everybody in here has meaning and I believe everybody in here has a purpose, okay? Let's end with our last point here. Second point. Christianity gives strength. Now, I'm not saying that if you become a Christian, you're going to be able to bench 450 pounds tomorrow. But what I am saying is that there, there's a strength that, that comes with being a Christian that you're able to get through things that uh, you wouldn't normally be able to get through. I have seen people go through the craziest things, but because they're Christian, they seem to be okay. Now, let me reread you this. First uh, Peter chapter 3, verses 13 to 15. Who then will harm you if you're devoted to what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear or be intimidated, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Listen to that. Who will harm you if you're devoted to what is good? Even if you should suffer righteousness, you're blessed. One thing I try to do often in Genoa students here is tell you guys that when you become a Christian, your life will not get easier. I hate it when people say that. I hate it when they say, become a Christian and everything will fix itself. You'll be rich, you'll have an abundant life, and everything will be great. I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think the Bible teaches that, actually. I think that's kind of heretical to tell people that, hey, everything will be fine once you get saved. Because in a lot of ways, things will get worse. You might lose some friends. You might get a whole crowd of people flipping you off, right? I mean, I don't know, right? So whatever it is, things will not always be better. I mean, look at the disciples, you know? I mean, they... I mean, if they were promised a happy, easy life, they were lied to, right? I mean, these guys were beaten. They were put, one of them was nailed to a cross upside down. One of them had, like, hot oil poured on them. I mean, things were not great for these guys. But what's funny about it is they get this strength inside of them. They get this peace. The Bible says that when you are, um, when, you, uh, when you have the joy of the Lord inside of you, when you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, there's a peace that passes all understanding. Meaning that when you go through a really tough time and, and you say, you know, this is God's will, obviously I'm upset, but people will see a piece about you, especially non-Christians, and they'll say, I don't get it. I don't understand what's going on with this person. How can they be so peaceful right now? This is what I say often, and it's kind of a Debbie Downer, but all of us are going to face terrible things in life. It's inevitable, all right? <laughs> it's kind of a Debbie Downer. I always say, if you haven't faced anything terrible just right now, just wait. It's coming, okay? At some point, you're going to have friends that pass away. At some point, you're going to have a family member that passes away. At some point, you may lose your job when you're older. At some point, you may go bankrupt when you're older. I don't know. Your wife might cheat on you. Your husband might leave you. I, I don't know what it is. But at some point, you're going to go through a hard time, okay? And when that hard time comes, this point here about, you know, that, that God, Christianity gives us strength, Jesus gives us strength. Guys, the only reason I've been able to make it through some of the toughest times of my life is by relying on the strength of Jesus Christ. I really mean that. There's, uh, I've, I've t I know I've told you the story about my mom. She died of cancer about five or six years ago. And, um, and the thing about my mom was I thought she appeared pretty healthy, but all of a sudden she got skin cancer. It, it ate away at her leg, and they eventually had to amputate her leg before she passed away because it was just spreading and, and, and veins were being eaten away and stuff. And, and I remember um, me and my, my church, we were just praying for my mom. In my mind... I had this mindset that, hey, if, if I pray hard enough, if I can get a, a big group of people to pray for the church that, from the church, then my mom will be healed. And it didn't happen, right? So, so at this point, I remember sitting in the hospital right after they'd amputated my mom's leg, and I said, I said what am I doing wrong here? Like, we're all supposed, I, I got everybody praying more. I mean, everybody at my church is praying. I'm praying. And then it hit me where, I mean, the sad reality was it hit me as I said, maybe this is God's will, you know? 
maybe this is God's will that she goes. And, and I don't know why. You know, I still to this day, I mean, I got a couple of ideas, but I don't know why. And so um, there, a short time afterwards, it seemed like she had gotten better or was getting better. And then just like that, she was in hospice and she had like four days left. And I remember just being like, God, you know, I, I remember this clear as day. I was, I was in the chapel that was in the hospice there. And I prayed to God and I said, God, I can't do this by myself. I can't do this on my own strength. I can't. I, I'm too weak, right? And so what I did was I prayed to God. And the weirdest thing happened was it wasn't that I was happy my mom was dying, right? But, I, but there was a peace about it. I said, you know, God obviously has a bigger plan that I am not privy to. God obviously has things working here that I can't see. I don't, I don't know why, but I'm going to rely on you, God. And so people, people, especially my dad, people looked at my dad, and they were like, how is this guy okay right now? And he was. I mean, through the whole time, he was just like, you know, we're just going to keep praying, but, you know, if, uh, if God takes her home, that's what happens. And I got a lot of respect for my dad through this time. And, and people at the funeral that saw my dad, I, my, my prayer is that people saw my dad through that whole situation and came to know God through that. I know one dude got saved at my mom's funeral. So I was just like, hey, maybe, maybe that's what it was for. You know, we don't know. But guys, when you give your life to Jesus, you will get this peace and this strength that you don't get without him. And it'll get you through anything. I, I want to show you guys, um, I want to show you a video before we finish here. And this is a video that happened in the, I think it was the 1992 Olympics. I forget the guy's name, but um, he was a runner. He was favored to win the race. Okay, he was favored to win the race. And as he was running, he, uh, he literally tore his hamstring as he was running. Now, a lot of people would stay on the ground, and they would just say, you know, medic, come on over here. But I want you to see what he did, because it was pretty awesome. Go ahead and uh, hit that video for me, please. Nick, can you cut the lights if you don't mind? Has anybody ever seen that video before? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty awesome, isn't it? Like, he's, he's running this race, tears his hamstring. I, I always choke up when I see that video because I love that his dad ran in there and his dad's like, I got you, man. And what I want to finish with is just, just realize that, that that's exactly what happens with God when you give your life to him. It's exactly what happens to Jesus. You know, some of you guys right now in your life, you might be limping around you might be just getting through life right now. I don't know what's going on in your life. Maybe something has is, is got you down or it's got you depressed or things just aren't going your way right now. But you realize that you don't have to run that race by yourself, right? You realize that, right? Your Father, God, will walk that race with you every way. So, so let me just say this. To, uh, two things. First off, for the, for the Christians in the room, okay, if you are a Christian, if you've given your life to Jesus, my challenge for you is that you will um, think about why you believe what you believe. If you believe in Jesus Christ, try, sit down and write out a couple of reasons why you believe what you believe, okay? And then my challenge for you is to tell somebody about it. Tell somebody about it. Say, hey, can I tell you why I believe what I believe? And see what happens, all right? For the people in this room who maybe you're not a Christian, Maybe you've just never taken that step. You've never given your life to Jesus. Then, you know, the, the Bible tells us that, that sin entered into the world. Okay. Hey, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Sin entered into the world. And because of that sin, things are no longer perfect like they should be. We, we have, we've perverted what God wanted us to do. Now, the cool, well, it's not a cool thing, but, but God, God demands a penalty for sin. If, there's ever, if you've ever sinned at least once, then that penalty is death. 
It's, it's, it's kind of a harsh penalty, but that's just the way it is, right? If you sin once, you deserve hell. And, you know, it, it's funny, like, I hear people, you ever heard people who say, like, uh, that's not fair, that's not fair, right? Typically brats, right? They say, that's not fair, that's not fair. And the thing about it is, it, it is fair. It's completely fair because we have offended God. But God, uh, he does something that's a little unfair, and we call, we call this in the Christian church grace, where God has given grace where he says, you know what? I've made a way that you don't have to pay that penalty. Sin sends you to hell, but guess what? My son Jesus, who died on the cross, that death on that cross is the way that he took that penalty so that we don't have to. And guys, I'm telling you, if you want to talk about a purpose in life, the moment you realize what Jesus did for you on the cross and you give your life to him, and you say, I'm going to dedicate my life to, to telling others about him, you get a purpose, man. You get such a purpose. I always, I always get, I do get annoyed when people rag on your generation about being so lazy, you know. Us millennials are pretty lazy as well, but, but they say that you Gen Zers are pretty lazy, and they say all you do is play video games and stuff. But what's funny is I, I, see, I see a lot of determined people your age where, where <laughs> you wear it proudly, huh? No, I see a lot of people... Younger people, I talked about this once where I, was on, where I was watching Shark Tank, and these guys at every single thing they were promoting, they were just like, so what do you want to do with your proceeds? And they say, well, half of it's going to go to our company, but the other half's going to go to wounded veterans, or the other half is going to go to um, kids with Down syndrome or something. And it was funny to me that how every single one of these people were giving half of their proceeds to a cause. And I was like, man, these guys aren't lazy. They're super determined. You just got to give them the right thing to be determined about. And you guys, I am so convinced that if you guys got on fire for God, if you got on fire for Jesus, you'd turn the world upside down for God, for Jesus. Remember, there was only 12 disciples, right? And look what they did. They did a lot. There's a lot more than 12 people in here, right? Imagine what we could do. So, guys, let me, let me encourage you. Yeah, let's, let's bow our heads and I'll pray for you, okay? But let me encourage you guys, don't be afraid to share what you believe, all right? Don't be scared to tell people why you believe what you believe. Pray for boldness. Pray that God will open up opportunities for you to just tell people about why you believe what you believe. And watch what happens, especially if somebody pushes back against you. Watch what happens. Dear God, thank you so much for this day, and thank you for everybody that's here. Lord, as we break into our small groups tonight, my prayer, God, is that, um, is that we can... Um, Maybe talk about our testimonies and talk about how we came to know you and uh, just take a couple minutes to sit down and articulate what it is we believe. We can take a couple minutes and just say, you know what, this is why I believe in Jesus. This is why I believe in you, God. And for me, Lord, as I was preparing this message, these were the two things that got me that, that really um, helped me believe that you're real and that you, that you are such a loving God. But maybe there's different reasons in here that people believe in you, God. And I, again, I just pray that, that this ministry, God, that we can leave these walls here and we can take the church to people outside of here, that we can take Jesus, that we, we don't demand that people come to our building to hear about Jesus, but that we, the church, take your name and spread it through our communities, our schools, and our neighborhoods. God, we love you so much, and I'm so grateful for what you did on that cross. I'm so grateful for how you love us and how you continue to love us. I'm grateful that you've given us meaning. I'm grateful that you've given us a purpose in life. And God, I'm so grateful that you have given me and all of us Christians in here a strength to rely on because, God, this life is hard. This life is so difficult sometimes, God, and, and we just can't do it on our own. 
God, I pray that we can rely on you and that we can run to you with open arms. We love you, God, and we thank you and praise in your name. Amen.